And I thought, that's not really, that's not democracy. That is somebody just uh, wanting a result that she wants. So I'm not sure she's, go she's, she's going to lose a lot of votes for the Democrats when it comes to, because crypto, crypto industry is growing. Hello and welcome back to the Crypto Standard Podcast, where we take the cryptic out of crypto. Okay, we've got potentially a new country making Bitcoin legal tender. We have got the IMF, the Inter International Monetary Fund, saying, please don't do this, we're really scared. What's happening? Let's get into it. Remember, nothing we say is financial advice. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jim. And me, Jay. How's, uh, how's life in sunny Mexico? It's good. It's really good. Um, although my apartment flooded a few days ago, so I got moved to another apartment. <laughs> did, you ask, did you ask for an upgrade? Yes, and I got an upgrade. <laughs> well, I'm delighted to let you know that in sunny Dundee, it is beautifully sunny today and tomorrow's to be even better. No wind, just... Gorgeous high pressure, just that lovely sort of pre-spring day. Oh, really? I yeah. do. I, I like Scotland when it's like that. Yeah, really nice. I was out flying today, did my first solo navigation. Nice. How's it go? Uh, aye, so all, all my compass headings and my directions were spot on. Um, I flew at 2,500 feet. I was going to fly at 3,000 feet, so that was okay because it was a bit hazy. Um, yeah, it was good. Um really enjoyed it and tomorrow i'm doing another one at nine o'clock i'm heading off down to newbara down to meth methyl and then from there up to anstruther and brody castle and i'm crossing the lookers so it's called a max penetration it's for all the fast jets are you want to ask for permission they can get oh, really? a wee bit a wee bit stressful <laughs> so we'll see how it goes <laughs> what so you have to like radio control and be like this is Jimbo, one, two, three. <laughs> Can I get over your airspace? <laughs> More or less, yeah. So you leave Dundee Air Tower and you 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 ask for permission, then you contact Lucas Military. Um, you give them information that they're going to need, and then they'll give you permission to cross the mats or not. Um, and then there'll be certain certain things you've got, certain things in your altimeter, things you've got to squawk, squawk on your transponder, and they might tell you a specific height you've not to go above or below. So really interesting. Interesting. Hmm. But not as interesting as the IMF, <laughs> International Monetary Fund. What are they all about? Oh, wow. They, oh, they're just... They're making a mockery of themselves now. <laughs> they came out this week and said, or they warned other countries about making Bitcoin legal tender and following suit, like uh, El Salvador. I mean, so El Salvador's done it, and mm -hmm. the seems it seems to me that the El, Sal El Salvadorian leadership under Bukele seemed to be very clever. I think they brought some really good advisors in as well, and telling them how to mesh the, the legacy system with the new system so they've done it and obviously the the imf hate it um and now they put a, i think it was basically they've urged el salvador to reverse its decision to make a bitcoin legal tender um and he's just laughing at he just laughs at it he just laughed at it on twitter and 
I think they're terrified. Now, remember, they only get paid by countries like America who fund them if they give out money to like poorer South American countries with really strict conditions, onerous conditions. So that's how they exist. So if you've got a country like El Salvador that decides, do you know what? I'm just going to have, a, I'll have the US dollar, but I'm also going to move to a Bitcoin standard over the next five years. That literally makes the IMF irrelevant. And that's why they're, that's why they're terrified. It's awesome to see. Like, they, they literally, countries that do this are just putting the middle finger up to the IMF. And I, I've got one of the quotes here, actually, with what they said. The adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender raises a number of macroeconomic, financial, and legal issues that require very careful analysis. But what about the number of issues that the dollar raises in terms of macroeconomics, financial, and legal issues? That's just brushed over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, you can see, you can see that all of a sudden there's a new paradigm and some of these countries are beginning to think, look, this Bitcoin thing is real and it might work for us. And uh, just check there. And, you know, we, you know, Max Kaiser. So Max mm -hmm. Kaiser's a Bitcoin billionaire. He was in, he's in it from the word go. I'll let you tell everyone, but what has he just tweeted? He has just tweeted the Honduras flag. Which... Honduran, Honduran young man. <laughs> Is it not Honduras? It's, it's, it's called Honduras, but yeah. we talk about the flag, it's the Honduran. Oh, is it? All right, okay. Aye. It's like Glasgow, <laughs> Glaswegian. Oh, okay. So the Honduran flag, he has just tweeted, and we knew another country was coming. We kind of knew that they were interested in it and potential, but Max has just not fully confirmed it, but the fact that he's tweeting that, He's very involved in all these countries getting onto a Bitcoin standard. So we will see this very soon. So El Salvador sits to the kind of west of Honduras. The population of Honduras is double that of El Salvador. It's a mm -hmm. big country. So it's interesting that Max Kaiser, who has who is who would appear to be working with the El Salvadorian president has tweeted that. So maybe he knows something, maybe he's speculating, because nothing has come out from Honduras yet. Yeah. So, but when he tweets something like that, it's, it means something because he is, he is in the center of this Bitcoin adoption in South America. Yeah. And so wouldn't it be great if you were speaking to the president of Honduras and you said, it's time to get a crypto.com wallet, just like Jim and Jay. <laughs> and then you can get a crypto.com card and spend that anywhere in Honduras. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, I mean, what an opportunity. So, if, so this, is, this is the time for crypto.com to go in there and say, look, we'll, we'll manage your wallet or we'll, or we'll create something with you. That's that, and I think that's that's going to happen at some point. You see a, a crypto.com or a, a, another wallet provider working with a country uh, and, and also providing custody of the country's Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think this will happen now 
with the amount of countries that seem interested, there's so many that that it would be sensible for these companies to at least try and get in there. Yeah. So here's my prediction, Jordan. Okay. My, my prediction is if Honduras does it, fair enough. But the IMF already have, have, have stated we don't want you to do it. They can't stop them, but we don't want you to do it. I predict, Jordan, in the next two to three years, four or five South American countries will move on to a Bitcoin standard. They might maintain the dollar, but they're going to move on to it because they're watching El Salvador right now. And then if Honduras does it, I think they'll move like dominoes, and that's where you're going to see sparks flying. Yeah, and I think, I actually think it'll be less than that time frame, is once the first domino falls, they all fall very fast. And yeah. we've had the the early adopter, who's El Salvador, and then Stacey Herbert always goes on about the first mover advantage, and she's classing... Is it Lugano in Switzerland? I think that's who it is that have adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. It's like a, a city in Switzerland and Tether have also got their HQ there now. So we are seeing this get adopted. And I think everything's going to move a lot faster than we thought because we are ultimately we are further ahead than I actually thought we were going to be this time last year. And then you throw in the South Korean president. So we talked about this before that he had come in stating that when he got into office, he wanted to re rebalance the way that South Korea was dealing with Bitcoin. So he's come out this week and said that he wants to deregulate all the regulation that was put in place regarding cryptocurrency. And he want to, wants to make a favourable tax regime for South Koreans. So he is going to do something special because South Korea is a oh, it's massive into crypto. And over the last year, it was, it was kind of bridled. So that's positive as well. I mean, you can see the adoption is taking place across the globe. We just need Nicholas Sturgeon to take note. <laughs> yeah. I think Nicola Sturgeon's going to just do whatever the EU wants her to do. Yeah. I think you either get it or you don't. And yeah. if you don't get it, a lot of politicians are not going, they're not willing to even discuss the topic. So then it will be waiting for the next generation, the next people that come into office to then adopt it. But by that point, it'll be too, not too late, but too late to get the real advantage of being a first mover. Yeah. Um, and uh, it may not just be South America. I mean, it could be it could be Lebanon, it could be other countries that do it. And so you've got that going on with countries adopting Bitcoin or looking to do it. You've got presidents of, of countries stating that they want to be more crypto friendly. You've also got guys like Mike Novogratz from Galaxy Digital. Mm -hmm. Do you know him? Yeah. So, you know, Mike Novogratz is a big crypto guy. I think he's ex-Goldman Sachs. He's a multi-multi-millionaire. He's been into crypto for the last couple of years, big style, if not longer. In fact, I would say he's been in for about five years. And I think he was an early investor in Tailcoin. He's come out 
with a, a CNBC interview in America and stated that now is the time. It's the perfect time for institutions to start buying into Bitcoin and having a, an allocation uh, within their investments. I think they have. Yeah, I think I think I mentioned this in the last podcast that institutions will now be seeing the the melting iceberg, as Michael Saylor would put it, as their money is the iceberg, the water is inflation, and this water is heating up and melting your money. So a lot of people are now opening their eyes to that because inflation's on track to be double digits. Um, so yeah, it it does feel like a really good time. I do agree with him. Okay, but we have, there is a spanner on the works. Please tell, and try not to swear, Jordan. Don't get upset. Don't throw anything around the kitchen, but tell us about Senator Elizabeth Warren. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I can't deal with her. She's so anti-crypto. And there's a video that came out this week and it's her asking a question about cryptocurrency to someone who obviously knows a lot about cryptocurrency. But she is just asking the same question. The guy is trying to answer it, but she won't let him because the guy is saying, no, you're wrong. It's ridiculous that these politicians, if it doesn't fit their narrative, then they're not willing to listen to the other side. And I think that's why we've got into this situation, this financial situation that they're, they're not listening to the other side and taking note of that. They're just saying, this is it. This is how it is. And even if it's wrong, they're still in this narrow, narrow mindset. So she comes on, she's obviously some saying, hearing committee she asks the guy who's, who's an expert who knows bitcoin and cryptocurrency inside out she asks some questions and the poor guy is trying to answer in a very reasonable respectable way and she is vituperative in that she just cuts them down cuts them down to, to she gets the answer she wants and i was like so Nat, Nat, natalie brunel who i know we're going to have on the, the show um, next week senator warren with all due respect, when someone is trying to help you learn more about Bitcoin, the most important thing is to first listen with an open mind before passing judgment and criticism. Essentially, when I watch this clip, and if you Google Senator Elizabeth Warren and Bitcoin, it will come up. I was, I was like, wow, that, that's the kind of sort of thing you would expect to see in a dictatorship. So he's turned, this guy's turned up there, ready with... And she was asking questions and he was saying, that's not the case, that's not the case. And she was going, but, but, but. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's hard. And I will put a link to the tweet below or one of the tweets that someone put out. But I didn't realise Natalie had replied to it. I hadn't seen that. That's really good. Um, but you know what? Like, that's how I feel as well. I put out, like, the governments are supposed to listen to the people and take their opinions on like running because we pay for it. we pay taxes for the government so i feel that with i'm trying to talk to people in government in the scottish government in even my constituent but they're not willing to listen they still don't listen the smp who is 
my or my SMP won't even listen to me about Bitcoin. <laughs> like, are they actually working for us? Like, that's that's my head in. Anyway, she she was interviewing uh, Johnny Levin, and Johnny he's the co-founder of Chain Analysis, which essentially completely and utterly understands the economics of Bitcoin and and what's going on in the chain. And she was trying to she was he was trying to answer her questions about what maybe a Russian oligarch could do hypothetically. And when he told her that's not the case, that's not the case. No, it doesn't work like that. She just kept right over him, and I thought that's not really that's not democracy that is somebody just uh, wanting stuff wanting a result that she wants so um i'm not sure she's got she's she's going to lose a lot of votes for the democrats when it comes to because crypto the crypto industry is growing so why would they vote for the democrats when she's a democrat yeah exactly um, really interesting so okay next up we have ethereum what's going on with ethereum jordan <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be taking small steps in the right direction to transitioning or merging onto uh, ETH 2.0. Yeah. So something came out this week that they've been testing it and it was successful. So that's a really positive thing is that because you want this, if you're invested in Ethereum, you want this to go as smoothly as possible. If it goes smoothly, the price goes up. If it doesn't go smoothly, the price won't go up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I take that as a really big positive. So the Ethereum is moving from proof of work to proof of stake. There's, a, there's billions of dollars staked in it and all locked up. And they're hoping that happening, it will be deflationary. People will be able to make a earn yield on it by, by staking. I'm a little bit like people do in Cardano just now already. Cardano beat them to it. And as a result of um, upgrades that they're doing and, and, and monitoring all in terms of the software, it seems to be that it's going to come to fruition. But you're right. There's no guarantee because it's a big, big... We, we, it's almost like when you switch that thing. And it's like, remember, the year 2000, will it, will it work? Won't it work? And it feels a bit like that. Yeah. I, I'm not getting my hopes up. Because at the end of the day, it's not, it's Ethereum. And we know that they like to release stuff and then fix it later. And that scares me. Um, so yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up, but I'm taking the positives and trying not to get too excited about them. <laughs> okay. So if it, so if it does happen, Ethereum is going to explode. Yeah. It's going to I, explode. Yeah. Who is on the cover of this or the next episode, the next um, issue of Time Magazine? Yeah, I saw this. <laughs> Vitalik. Oh, I didn't even know how to say a second name. Buterin. Buterin. Um, who is the co-founder of Ethereum. Yeah. Which is quite amazing that it's gone going that mainstream. Yeah. Um, so... Vitalik Buterin is one of the co-founders. He's everybody just looks at him, and you know, even Time Time Magazine have said like he created it. He didn't really create it. It was it was with a bunch of people that did it, but he's the one that carried it on. Um, and I've got him, and he always looks at this kind of really. He always looks at quite a sad character. Um, 
But he's on there and he says he, he's basically saying, I am fighting for the soul of crypto. As in, he knows the fight is on with people like Senator uh, Warren, Elizabeth Warren. And he's like, we need to keep this going. We need to keep this. And I think he's trying to paint it as this could be a huge American win in the long term. Yeah. And it definitely, yeah, I agree with him. And you then throw that, you, you, so you throw that all of a sudden, hold on, there's mainstream media. And then you've got people being interviewed on uh, Bloomberg and CNBC. And all of a sudden, crypto's, that crypto's beginning to um, percolate up. Then you come back to Europe and you look at the Bank of England. So the Bank of England today has said that they reckon inflation could be double. They, they are speculating that inflation could be double digits by the summer. Of course it is. It's double digits now. It's just the way they record it. It doesn't make it double digits. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> do you see that? I just read the headline, but they've taken suits out of the inflation calculation because nobody's working from the office anymore, so they don't wear suits. So it just shows that they can change, they can put stuff in, take stuff out, and that will change the percentage. And it will to fit, well, they'll do it to fit their narrative, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So in the UK, we are being squeezed. Um, and there's actually a great piece. So I've, regis I've registered uh, on the government's website to taken a Ukrainian family a refugee and I know I, I know I can afford it and people were on lots of radio and TV saying well hold on a minute your fuel prices are um, council taxes up you're about to hit us with another uh, tax rise in national insurance in April it's going uh, utilities are up it's going crazy and you're asking and you're asking to bring in a refugee into the house, which will add because you've got to feed them. I think they're going to throw people three hundred and fifty pounds, but saying this is going, and then you look at America, and they're now their gas prices or their petrol prices the highest they've ever been, and their people are people are actually going to the grocery store and Sammy shops, and the same thing they were uh, buying up twenty odd percent. They're going nuts. This is only the start as well. That's yeah. what really scares me is that people don't know what's coming. Like April's going to hit. April's going to hit so hard, like so hard. Yeah. The amount of gas and electricity bills that are going to spike. Like I'm seeing it on my Instagram. People are putting their stories and they're like, I'm going to be paying an extra £850 a year. And that's a lot of money for one family to be paying extra for the year. I don't think people realise what's coming. Yeah, so it's not good. Um, and obviously we still have the war going on. This has not come to an end yet, which is um, it's, it's not great all round. Okay, so quite a packed episode there. A lot for people to take in. So if you, if you think of the macroeconomic picture and what's going on with the bond rates, what's going on with potentially... Honduras, what's going on with the IMF saying please don't any please don't do Bitcoin? What's going on with Ethereum making progress from proof of work to proof of stake? Then you've got all your big guys like uh, Mike Novogratz saying to the multimillionaires and saying to the pension houses and investment firms, get some Bitcoin on your balance sheet. Then you've got South Korean presidents saying we're pro-Bitcoin. There's so much going oh, on. 
there's actually the third richest man in Mexico, a multi-billionaire. He's actually going to the Bitcoin conference and speaking there. And he wants to set up Bitcoin mining in Mexico, wow. which is really cool. Um, yeah. Obviously, he wants to make money out of it. But yeah. the fact that he, he realizes what Bitcoin is, is just that's the important bit is realizing what it is. And people don't don't fully understand that. I'm just going to go on a little rant about money. <laughs> okay, you go in the rant. <laughs> so we've had we've had so many different currencies over the years. We've had like going back to shells. Like we would use shells as a form of currency, but obviously you can just go in the ocean and pluck more shells out. The exact same you can do with silver and gold. With silver and gold, actually, they limit the amount of mining that's done each year. But what happens if suddenly one year they just up the amount that they mine? That means the value goes down. So there's always going to be manipulation in the market. And that manipulation is done by humans because they'd be like, okay, we're going to mine a little bit more gold now to bring down the price. And this has happened for decades. But people don't realize what the hell Bitcoin is, that this cannot happen with Bitcoin. And I think once that clicks, that you can't just increase the supply and it's the ultimate scarce asset in the world that we've ever seen. I, that's what I'm trying to scream out to people is that we've never seen anything like this before. And that's why so many people are scared of it. That was a good run. I think I think the listeners will love your little run there. Well done. Well it's, done it's very it's just annoying me that people don't you've got probably the best asset we've ever seen in the world right in front of you, available for forty thousand dollars. You know, you know as well as I do, the reason a lot of them don't like it is because it's decentralized and it means that I can send something to you. I, and I trust that you'll get that and I trust that you'll, you'll pay me on, on the Bitcoin network. And they don't like that because it, it moves them out, the banks, the IMFs, the Fed, they don't have control anymore. And that, we know this is, this is the fight that's going on. Yeah, but to win this fight, we need more people to realize what Bitcoin is on an individual level. Because more people realize they will start using banks less and start using decentralized decentralized authorities and everything like that less and know, moving. But, but, listen, but listen to this. I know and I can feel your passion for that world, but what will happen here is the institutions and the big money in America will, will adopt Bitcoin, they will buy into it, and then they will own it. And, and that... Yes, you'll be able to pay people and you'll be able to uh, have it as a currency and people like El Salvador and that should do well. But ultimately, when they buy in, that's when the price and the adoption goes and and it will change the whole character, the whole... I mean, if you were having this conversation two to five years ago where Bitcoin could be, what countries are using it, who's invested in it, who's banned it, or just at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And on that bombshell, on that bombshell, um, I think everyone just have a nice weekend. Keep learning, keep reading, 
Jordan, are you a financial advisor? I'm not a financial advisor, no. I am also not a financial advisor, um, but I don't need to be a financial advisor to look and educate myself and do some research and find out what's going on in the world, just like you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Take it upon yourself to do the research, look into stuff. If you need help, reach out to us and we will help you, steer you in the right direction. And don't forget to get your Crypto.com wallet. Yeah. All right, Jordan, you have a good day, good weekend, and I shall catch up with you. Yeah, you too. Take care, buddy. Ciao.